Well, good morning. It's great to be with you today. Uh, in a few moments, we're going to read our Bible reading for today. But before I do that, I really want us to quickly look back at last week where we began our new teaching series looking at the book of Ruth. And we read Ruth chapter one together. And Anne opened up this passage for us, highlighting the really difficult situation that Naomi and Ruth found themselves in, in a time of famine, a time where they both lost their husbands, and we see how they responded before God, recognising their loss. And Anne spoke to us about how their loss was more like that Job experience. It wasn't an act of condemnation from God. And then we saw how Ruth, after losing her husband, losing her father-in-law, she committed herself to her mother-in-law and chose to stay with her and honoured her and was faithful. And this week we're going to be looking at chapter two of Ruth together and we've titled this talk Favour. Last week Anne spoke to us about famine but this week as the story goes on we're going to talk about favour. And I want to ask you right at the start of our time together today how are you experiencing God's favour at the moment? Are you recognising God's blessing in your life, in whatever situation you find yourself in? Can you see where God is at work? So I'm going to read this passage to us now and I encourage you to open your Bibles at home and to follow along with me. So Ruth chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I've told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the jars that the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother 
and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull her out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to about an aphath. She carried it back down to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also bought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, the, the, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him because in someone else's field, you might get harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in this passage we've just read, we begin to see the main character of the narrative switch from Naomi to her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And right at the beginning, we've been introduced to another character, to Boaz, a relative of Elimelech, Naomi's deceased husband. And the passage, it's just told us, hasn't it, that Boaz was a man of standing, which was probably referenced to the fact that he was a really wealthy man. He owned the land that they had people working in. He had many employees. And it might also imply to us that he was some sort of leader in that community. And then we land on that first conversation in this chapter between Ruth and Naomi. And most of this chapter is speech, isn't it? Different conversations. And that first one is where Ruth says that she is going to go to the field and glean. And gleaning was a practice that was really common um, at this time. And we find specific instructions about uh, how that's to happen in the book of Leviticus and it's just the practice of leaving the edges of the field of grain and not picking up anything that you've dropped during the harvest to allow the poor and the foreigner to come and take 
that grain that was left. And Ruth and Naomi fit both of these categories, the poor and the foreigner. We must remember that in these times there was no life insurance, there was no benefits. So when Elimelech, Malon and Kilion died, these women will have been left to fend for themselves. But not only were they poor because of their husband's death, but Ruth wasn't a Jew. She was a foreigner amongst them. She was Ruth the Moabite, as we've just read. So Ruth goes out to the field to collect the grain. I want you just to take note of the fact that Ruth cares for her mother-in-law so much. Because if you think about it, that what she was going to do was probably something that was quite shameful, to go and label yourself as a poor foreigner, someone right at the bottom in that time. But out of desperation, because of the famine, because of the situation they're in, they had to go out and get food. And she did it before the love of her mother-in-law. And God was gracious. Actually, in fact, Ruth going out into that field had huge consequences. Ruth just happens to go into the field belonging to Boaz. The passage tells us, as it turned out, Ruth went into that field belonging to Boaz. It doesn't tell us that Naomi sent Ruth there, but Ruth just happened to find herself in Boaz's field by chance. Now that might not seem as something that's significant, but in fact, it is fundamental to the story of the rest of this book. It is so significant. If we turn to Matthew chapter one, we'll see a genealogy of the family of Jesus. And in it, it lists Boaz, father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. And if Ruth had not gone to that field on that day and gone and met Boaz, if Naomi had have stopped her going, then the events that happened later, hundreds of years later in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, that changed the world as we know it today, might not have happened. Ruth's decision was such a small thing to choose that field and not that field to go into, but it had a huge consequence. And it's here I want to stop for a second and just draw out our first point of application from this passage. And that is one of the key ways which God works is through what we call his providence. And by that, I just mean that God is constantly at work in our lives. He's constantly directing us. He's constantly leading us into ways that fulfill his purposes for us and part of his plans of salvation. This is God taking our everyday, ordinary bits of life, directing what field we go in to pick up wheat, but using them to fulfill his supernatural plans for building his kingdom here on earth. And if we just stop for a moment and look back at our lives, you'll be able to see those little things, those little decisions, those little um, coincidences that actually had a massive effect. Things that maybe led you to where God wants you today. But I want to say that none of these were coincidences. These were part of God's plan. It was God 
at work. It was God working through his providence. This might not seem to us when we think about it as significant as maybe some of the big miracles that we see happening. But in scripture, we see this is one of God's primary ways of working, God directing us in the everyday and in our ordinary parts of our lives. Here for Ruth, this was a really small decision, but it had a massive effect. And it wasn't just an effect for Ruth and her life, but it was an effect that was formed part of God's plan for salvation of the world. So we go back to the passage and Boaz comes out into the field and says hello to those working for him. And he uses that traditional greeting, the Lord be with you. And it just shows that he was a man of God. Maybe you could use that next time you go into the office. It'd be interesting to see what reaction you got. But Boaz, he recognises someone else amongst them. He recognises Ruth and he asks about her and finds out who she is and realises she is the Naomi's daughter-in-law, the person that people have been talking about. And he's heard about her faithfulness to Naomi, her kind and generous nature towards her. So Boaz shows Ruth favour. He lets her join in the harvest, lets her take what she needs and more. And his generosity towards her increases as he sees more of Ruth's commitment, as he sees more of her hard work and more of her generous heart. And I don't just think it's because Boaz saw Ruth and thought there's a good looking girl, a potential wife. I don't think he does that, he shows favour just because of that. I don't think he does it just because he recognises the qualities within her. I think he says that because of what it says in verse 12. It shows us the actions behind, in his heart behind this. He says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Boaz's generosity here was the favour of God upon Ruth. For her faithfulness. It was God's way of blessing Ruth, knowing what she needed. God's way of showing favour through Boaz. Just before lockdown, uh, at the beginning of March, the word that God kept constantly giving me when I opened scripture, when I came to pray, was to pray for his face to turn towards me, to turn towards us, to turn towards our nation. And it was these words from Psalm 29. And I actually came to the last evening service in the church before lockdown came about, uh, before I came to interview uh, for, to come and work here at St Barnabas. And I heard those words again read from Psalm 29, praying for God's face to turn towards us. And I think this story here uh, is a story of God's face turning towards Ruth, turning towards Ruth because of her faithfulness. One of the highlights for me of the last uh, few months has been my family has been getting to spend more time at home. Um, but the, one of the best things has been uh, hearing our four-year-old daughter Ellie sing. And the song for ages that she'd sing around the house was The Blessing. 
she'd sing it constantly and um, she'd want to pray it with us all the time it was just amazing to hear these words the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and then she'd go and sing um, may his favor be upon you upon your generations upon your family she, she, she actually learned for a four-year-old it's amazing she learned the whole song and she can recite the blessing back better than i can and it's been amazing to hear those promises may the favor of god be upon you may his face turn towards you and as i now look back over these last few months i can just see how those prayers have come true how i have seen god's face turn towards me in this difficult time how i've seen god's favor rest upon me and my household during this time just down to the really little things sometimes as well like when we got in the car to come to cambridge and when things were looking difficult in northampton and we made the decision um, to come and move here uh, without the house being ready and um, without uh, anywhere really permanent to live for four weeks which is a difficult thing to do with two under fives um, and I didn't feel peace about it. But then when I got in the car and we were driving here, I just felt God saying, this is the right thing. In my heart, I felt peace. And actually over those four weeks, we just saw so many blessings and so many times where we saw God's face turn towards us and we saw his favor. We were really grateful to be able to stay in the Patterson's house. Uh, it just happened that their holiday was exactly the time when we were coming up and that we needed somewhere to stay. We were so grateful to go and stay with Anne for a few weeks. We were really blessed by that. And we just look back now at that time to see God's favour falling upon us. Even with our house move in the last couple of weeks, God's favour has been upon us. When removal companies were only able to do certain dates and everything else fell into line and it worked out perfectly for us, that was God's favour resting upon us. And I want to say today that even though things might be hard at the moment, even though you might be facing a really difficult time, God will still have been at work in your life. God's favour will still have been upon you. God will still be blessing you. And God's face will still be turning towards you if you pray for it and if you seek it. You know, because God is a God who loves to bless us, isn't he? So what's the response then when we recognise the favour of God, when we recognise that God has blessed us? Well, Naomi shows us here, doesn't she, what we do. In verse 20, she just says, the Lord bless him. She gives thanks for what God has done. And she prays for God's blessing on the person that has blessed her. In a few moments, we're going to uh, sing together. But before we do that, I just want us to pray. So I wanted, what I wanted to do now is just invite you to stand wherever you are. If you're in your home watching this, uh, wherever you might be, just to stand, to close your eyes. And now just to come before God. And I'm just going to lead us in prayer now as a way to respond to this message. So Lord, we thank you that you are a God who is faithful, that you're a God who loves to bless us, a God who loves to show us your favour, a God who's constantly at work in our lives, even through the small 
little things. And now, Lord, we come before you to ask for your favour to shine upon us, for your face to turn towards us. Lord, we pray this over our city. Lord, we pray this over our homes. We pray this over our nation. Show us your favour, God. You might want to just hold a specific thing before God now. It might be you need God's favour at work. It might be you need God's favour to get a job at the moment. It might be you need God's favour upon your bank account. It might be you need God's favour in your family, in a certain situation. And just begin to pray, Lord, turn your face towards me. Come and bless me. Show me your favour. So Lord, we thank you that you are a God who provides, a God who is constantly at work in our lives. And Lord, we thank you for who you are. And this day, Lord, we receive whatever you've got to give us. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen.